Welcome to the Zen Stoic Path. On this special segment of our episodes, we do the Liberated Life interviews. And on this episode, I have a very special guest. I have Kevin Crenshaw, the heart guy. And we had an incredible conversation that I'm very, very excited to share with you. Kevin is a spiritual guide disguised as a relationship coach because relationships provide the best mirrors for somebody's spiritual development. So in this episode, we talk about what it means to be truly aligned and build a relationship with your intuition so that you're no longer thinking through your decisions, but that you can actually feel through every decision you need to make and be totally guided and balanced and centered in your life. We talk about all kinds of things from the relationship mirrors and projections that we create, what it means to do parts work, how to build that relationship with the intuition, and we talk about the importance of doing what you sincerely want to do in this life and all of the beautiful blessings and opportunities that it can open up in your life. So I'm very excited to introduce you to Kevin Crenshaw, the heart guy, as we go into this amazing conversation filled with all kinds of wisdom and incredible gems that will help you to become more aligned in everyday life. So Kevin, I know you recently had your Liberate Love event mm -hmm. and you had some amazing results, awesome experience with that. What it what was that event? What happened? <laughs> What's it about? God came into the room and uh people liberated themselves from things that were holding them back from truly experiencing bliss, peace and happiness and love um for a really long time. Beautiful. That's the only way I can put it into words. Yeah. <laughs> it's an experience you really have to experience for yourself, right? If you try to explain what a cold plunge is to somebody without them knowing what cold water is. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, I get it. It's the, it's the yeah. whole, like trying to describe how a rose smells or how chocolate exactly. tastes to somebody. Exactly. It's, just, it's something you got to experience. Dude. Well, well I mean, what, the, the what main, inspired it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the main <laughs> thing about that was the, that was the first event I've done in three years. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you were at one of my, last events yeah. and you were, you were co-facilitator in that a guest. And, um, yeah, I just kind of had, I had a near death experience, which I think we talked about in the last podcast mm -hmm. and that took me away from all of the facilitation stuff. And mm -hmm. I came from group fitness and so facilitation is in my nature. And I was like, I'm not having anything to do with any of this. Um, and I think that was needed. Mm -hmm. But it was also a pretty dark time in my life mm -hmm. because I wasn't doing the thing that lit me up, that mm -hmm. truly fulfilled me. And so um, it recalibrated me in a lot of ways. And even some of the reflections from people that knew me before, like, you're way more grounded. And I'm like, well, that, that's what almost dying will do to you. Yeah. <laughs> it gives some perspective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but it just felt good to be back. And I think back in a new way, like there's a new energy to to me in the space. And really, like, I'm not sure i'm a facilitator and a coach and all these things but i'm just a channel for whatever wants to come through so you saw the the sheet for unlock love the event you were at and it was like all structured and organized and this time i was like everything for the whole three days was on one sheet of paper mm. and i was like meeting the room with where they were at you know yeah. 15 people it's a lot more intimate than a 60 plus person event mm -hmm. um and so I'm, i think i'm finding a different level of artistry with facilitation that's really just puts me in my zone. So I, I, mean, I, I love like it. That. I like that, man. I, I certainly share that with you in terms of just being in front of the room and teaching and meeting people where they're at, innovating in the moment through intuition. 
as where I've recently also found my zone with, you know, facilitating trainings and whatnot. I think it's really fascinating the way that you kind of put that all together and leaned into trust in a way that you never have before. I think having that trust and that faith, right, that that meets with, you know, on this podcast, we talk about the intentions and delusions and the intention of embrace is essentially that is like being able to trust the moment, the environment, yourself, your intuition and the people in it. What role has trust played for you just in your life in terms of how you've grown over the last couple of years since we did our last last podcast it's that's kind of been the forefront you know and i feel like that's the thing that i was wrestling with or trying to grow into is Mm -hmm. i would trust a little bit but not all the way Mm -hmm. or you know um with with different things in life and talk about like generational you know um stuff that gets passed down in your dna Mm -hmm. i have a lot of worry in my line and so i in my head i'm worried a lot and so one of the things that i'm dispelling is trust because i look back mm-hmm. on all the times where i did worry and i'm like well everything worked out everything yeah. <laughs> came together and so i'm like well what is this really why is this really here mm-hmm. and you know through like timeline therapy with you and a few other things i've recognized that it was it's not mine it's not mm-hmm. me this worry came from uh, my lineage mm-hmm. and so um that's my work that i'm looking to liberate myself from which through trust yeah. and that's mm-hmm. what happened at the event I had a pretty uh immersed experience of fully trusting and so now it's integrating that into real life with other random things bills here and there cars breaking down Mm -hmm. how can we just lean in and trust and accept it all you know when we talk about acceptance usually it's about i don't know most people blanket it as like accepting um the good things sometimes Mm -hmm. but it's also accepting Accepting what's preferred things (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's It's conditional acceptance (laughs) good way to put it yeah Yeah, it's just can you accept all of it Mm. and even the inconveniences even the things that you can't see why it's happening, but maybe you have to go through that thing to learn a certain lesson to set you up for something else. Yes. You can't see it in the moment. Mm-hmm. And so trusting the grand orchestra and operating of your life, um, that every little thing that goes your way or doesn't go your way is still going your way. Yes. Yeah, I, I love that you brought that up because I think that's such an important point, especially when we're setting goals in life, when we decide that we want something, right? Once we decide what's important, our minds reorient the entire world to us to show us essentially activate our reticular activating system to say like, hey, this is important. This is relevant. It's not just the stuff that we like or that we prefer, but it's also the obstacles that come with the goal of becoming the person that you want to be with whatever it is that you've decided, whether you want to call in a new partner or you want to create a business or you're working on your health. What I find really interesting about that, especially the trust and the embrace for even the things that you don't prefer is so key because sometimes we'll set a goal, something will happen, a challenge will arise and we're like, oh, and we'll feel like it's a deterrent or something. And we'll be like ungrateful and like complain about that thing. Where instead, if you trust and you express gratitude for even those moments, realizing that it's all perfect, then you're essentially allowing life to guide you along the path. Because oftentimes, all those little inconveniences are things that we've actually called in and forgot that we did. It's all a part of the goal. Yeah. It's a part of achieving the goal, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're just going to set a plan, do the thing, get the goal, you're not really, what are you building internally mm-hmm. other than like follow through? Mm-hmm. Uh, when we have those obstacles, it helps us be innovative or shift our being and where we're coming from, mm-hmm. even you could say spiritually and somatically, so that when we achieve the goal, it's no longer about the goal and it's like redirecting 
the focus to like, oh yeah, I'm evolving mm-hmm. as as a byproduct of this. That's right. Yeah. I, what one thing that I always uh, talk about is I had this realization like maybe six, a little over six months ago, where that whole saying of the obstacles the way, right? Ryan Holiday wrote a book about it, where that's the title, and Marcus Aurelius would talk about it as well. But the obstacles the way. I always thought for years that it was just some like philosophically like uplifting thing to say, like, here you go. Like, come on, you can do it. (laughs) It's not that at all. It's ultimately saying the obstacle is the way because when you set those goals, you call in those obstacles because every obstacle that you experience shows you where you are not yet free in yourself. And every time it shows up, you, you have the opportunity to decide like, okay, do I allow this to define me and act the same way in, in the face of this obstacle or do I change my approach and ultimately lead myself into becoming the person that I want to be, right? And that obstacle is like the building of the muscle, like the challenge is how we shed what is not us. Mm-hmm. So I really, I really love that idea. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, because I was, I was sharing this with a, a client where when we're making decisions, sometimes we'll make decisions from one of two places. Either we'll make them internally or we'll look to the external and see if we have permission to make the decision. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes when we make that decision, I think what's so important is that when we're trying to make it externally, we're actually just perceiving the internal imbalance or uncertainty that we have. So we're finding all the evidence as to why not to make the decision because we're actually looking outside of us for permission versus when we make it internally, the environment starts to show itself and actually like present these things. But I wanted to tie it back to this this idea of trust that you were talking about because sometimes I notice that making the decision is not about the outcome that you think that the decision is going to yield, mm. but actually just about fully trusting without knowing the next step. What what has your experience been with that idea? Yeah, it's it's. I mean, my experience has been: can you can you trust and not know the outcome, right? Mm-hmm. And you have this designated outcome, and your intuition almost never makes sense. So you have where you want to go, your intuition is saying turn left and you're like, but I'm on the fucking highway. Why should I turn left right now? And so if you listen to the logical part, um, you don't, you, the, the thing is you don't have certainty with either one of those, mm-hmm. right? Your intuition could be saying turn left here because there's construction or whatever up, up the highway. You think you're going to get there faster, but really your intuition's like, Hey, detour mm-hmm. here now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've started to really build a relationship with my intuition, mm-hmm. um, cleansing my body so I can hear it better, so mm-hmm. I can feel it more, mm-hmm. knowing where my yes is in my body, you know, mm-hmm. it's different for everybody. Yeah. Uh, knowing what a yes, what a no feels like in your body without words, the sensed experience of life. And I think a lot of people are really disconnected from that. So mm-hmm. they think that their intuition is a voice, which for some people it is, but it's a rarity. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's a feeling. Um, like for example, I just got a new house and I moved out of the place where I was at before my body was like, no, uh, don't like this place. I knew it was time to go for a lot of reasons, but my girlfriend and I were looking for a spot and it was coming down to the wire, bro. Like it was about, we were be like, we have to move. Like we already cut the lease to this place. Let's get an Airbnb or something. And uh, we saw one last place and it was something that she had found on Zillow that had just popped up pictures were shit. Like the pictures mm-hmm. didn't do this place justice mm-hmm. at all. And I'm in my body. I'm like, yeah, let's look at it. And it didn't make sense. 
we go look at it and it was absolutely fucking perfect. Like everything that we wanted and more. Mm-hmm. And then it was like so much uncertainty. They were like, yeah, well, you're the first people to tour it. So we're going to have a few more people tour it. And then this other thing. And I was like, oh, I, this is our place. And mm. I, it was a knowing. It, mm. I could have been like, well, yeah, they'll get back to me. And I was like, mm-hmm. no. Sent them a text like saying, hey, we're just so grateful. And we really feel that this is our place. And just please let us know. And a few days later, I was like, hey, we'll give you 200 a month extra. Like, mm-hmm. this, is, this is our place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I don't know if you heard me the first time. Yeah. And dude, <laughs> like, like, but I think that that makes a difference. It's that balance of like my intuition said lean in. Mm. And so I'm not just going to, well, what's meant for me is going to be for me. Like, yes, and you're also a co-creator in that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it was it was leaning into like that that's the place. And even since being there only like two days and mm-hmm. we just moved uh, my body's like really relaxed mm. and so my body knows that that's that was the move and that's a good good thing to do and so i'm gonna go with it you know my mind was going a million different directions we could do this we could do that this place i wanted something super fancy and we got something that looks like we're on a farm like it's <laughs> you know it's different but it's what i need yeah not what i want and that's a different conversation that's, too. That's very interesting. And Your intuition always knows what you need. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I think there's a really articulate artistry to knowing what your intuition is saying and following it, having the trust to follow it. But first off, knowing when it's your intuition speaking, mm. right? Because what we have this inner conflict, like you were talking about with like external validation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, if when we have that inner conflict, the voice of your heart and the voice of your intuition, you need to have discernment to know which voice that is because it can also be your fears. Mm-hmm. It can also be your ego and your egoic desires. It could also be what are other people going to think? Like there's a lot of voices in the room mm-hmm. in a certain conversation when there's felt sense of inner conflict. You don't know what to do. And so that's why it's important to, to learn how to ground yourself. Is your body clear of toxins? Like are you healthy as a human? So that you can have the felt sensed uh, discernment of, oh, yeah, this is a yes for my body. And I know that because I feel this tingling in my chest Mm -hmm. because I I relaxed a little bit when I thought about playing that scenario out. Mm -hmm. That's the one that we're going to do then, no matter if it makes sense or not. That happened for me when I moved to L.A. a while back when I got my place in Santa Monica. Mm -hmm. It was like three times outside of my budget. And somehow I got the place (laughs) like accepted for it have no idea how because i didn't have the proof of income i didn't have the credit at the time but i got the place and um, that place was so magical and there were so many memories created in that in that area and i'm really grateful for that experience but it was an intuitive pull it was like yeah that's that's that and i can look back and go that was stupid Mm -hmm. because i was stressed about money for a few months um but it stretched me and I can see spiritually how I grew and evolved from it. So my intuition was, it, your spirit looks to evolve. Mm-hmm. It looks to grow. It looks to expand. It looks to, to feel more love, be more love, all of that. I think it's part of the human experience. We want to grow and transcend beyond where we're at. Yes. And so that means it's, it's more than just your goals or what you think the path mm-hmm. is. You know, it's lessons. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're hard lessons. That's and sometimes right. it's piling on stress and sometimes it's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. and it, maybe it's to surrender. Maybe it's to have faith. Maybe it's to uh, learn to say no, mm-hmm. you know, like we, there's always a lesson in everything. And if you can see the lesson 
and actually implement it, mm-hmm. you're going to move through life with a lot more magnetism and less internal resistance. Yes. Because you're more congruent and that there won't be a fight of all your parts and your ego wanting this thing. Da, da, da. It's <laughs> going to be a much more of like a casual conversation of people sitting on the couch going, right. I want this. Well, Everybody on I the think same we page. Should do this. <laughs> yeah. And even if they're not on the same page, mm-hmm. there it won't be an argument because you're not shaming any part of you. Mm-hmm. You know, your ego is not bad. The, That's the right. part of you that just wants to hit the goal is not bad. Mm-hmm. And if, if we demonize those things, because I'm all love and light and I'm just going to follow my intuition. Like, <laughs> You're going to create the flip side of most of society and you're going to be all intuition and you're not going to be grounded or, or actually taking action on things. You're just going to be in flow mm-hmm. and then you're still out of balance. There's still going to be an inner mm-hmm. conflict. You know, yeah, you're, you're gonna, still not having a human experience at that point, right? Because <laughs> you're going, you're, you're penduluming to the other side. And I side. did it. You know, I was yeah. nomadic for a few years mm-hmm. and um, that was needed because I was so pendulumed on the other side where mm-hmm. I was super regimented, super disciplined, super structured with everything that I did. Mm-hmm. And then I said, fuck all of that. Yeah. I'm just going to go with the flow. And yeah. now it's like the harmony of the two and the marrying of the two is really, I feel what the human soul is after. We want to embody mm-hmm. all of ourself. Yeah. And so that means going into the shadow and the crevices where we aren't accepting or haven't accept or we've been shamed for it. And so part of the healing process is swinging your pendulum a little bit too far. So there's nothing even wrong with that. Right. right? That's, that, that's that's how you, how you get to that level exactly. of understanding and that place of centeredness. I love all of what you said there and that there's so many little things to unpack, <laughs> which, I, which I'm really grateful for that we get to, to discuss this, especially because I see like a lot of alignment in, in how we think. And one of those things, I guess the first question that I would ask, because I'm sure people listening are wondering this, is like, how do I build a relationship with my intuition? Like, how did you begin to create that connection or build that rapport where somatically you can actually feel when something is a yes or a no? Where where could somebody start with that? We can do an exercise right now. Sure. Let's do awesome. It. So just relax your body, close your eyes, and feel the bottoms of your feet. Notice what the bottoms of your feet feel like. Notice what the back of your neck feels like. And the tip of your tongue. And can you be aware of your breath without changing it? And I'll bring up something in your life that's stressful right now or uncomfortable situation, a person. Got it. Yep. Where do you feel tension in your body? Right here. Kind of like the lower part of your heart. Right? Yeah. Abdomen. Just under the heart and like left abdomen okay. right here. What else did you notice about? your physiology right now. Stay with it. I know it's uncomfortable. It's sinking. Like it's sinking. the feeling is a sinking feeling. Sinking it's feeling. Like, it's like it's, doing this to my for posture. For you, it's right here. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Now open your eyes, shake it out. <laughs> Do a little shimmy. <laughs> All right. Deep breath. <laughs> Let it go. Feel the bottoms of your feet. Notice the back of your neck. Zip your nose. And... Without changing your breath, be aware of your breath. Feel centered? Awesome. Now bring something up that's exciting or someone up that's lighting you up. Tell me when you're there. Where do you feel it in your body? It's going from like my heart to the back of my neck, like uh-huh. up into my head right here. It's like a tingling and like. Feels like I'm literally being like you're being up pulled. Like yeah. Isn't that interesting? All right, cool. <laughs> so you need to shake that one off. You can keep that. Oh, I'll just but... I'll stay right there. <laughs> <laughs> stay right there. So 
that so that's the beginning steps of your no for the most part is going to be a sinking feeling and for you it was the lower part of your chest that might have been with whatever you brought up it could be specific to that it could just be this sinking feeling you're going to notice a pull up feeling and this tingling in the back in your heart and the back of your neck when it's a yes those are some things in your life right now where there's resistance to it or there's like a pull to it so that's your body saying no and yes hmm. So that's the very basis of it. And for a lot of people, we either our no wasn't acknowledged and listened to and there was trauma there, or uh, we said yes just to please somebody and we neglected and abandoned ourselves and what our own yes and no is. And we just say yes to everything. Mm. So this process is really healing. You're going to have to be a lot like very patient with yourself in it because um, it is returning back to the self. Mm-hmm. and saying well what do i want what do, not what do i think is going to be accepted or not what do i think is going to meet the other person's needs but what do i truly want without anybody else's input or thought of anybody else if i were to be completely fucking selfish what is it that i want and a lot of people don't haven't really gone there especially clients of mine like that's what we we start to build and grow and the more that you release shame the more that you um create more safety in the body the more that you get in an awesome community like the more that you're around these things and you release certain things from your from your sensed experience of life the louder your intuition is going to be so it can be really hard to navigate for a lot of people especially if they live up in their head it's going to sound like a conversation but it's not can you just clear all of that and feel no words what is your body saying and another way that i've heard it said is if there's if you feel contraction that's a no if you feel expansion that's a yes right um my yours was a pull up at a pull down mine's a forward and back so everybody's is so intricate and unique and that's why it's a, there's not a blanket statement i could say but hopefully that experience was, oh, was that helpful was, especially was for awesome. people listening yeah, yeah no it i think it's fascinating i i do an exercise like this um when it comes to ask your unconscious mind what it feels like when you're in intention and then ask it what it feels like when you're in delusion mm. and then ask it what it feels like when you have both at the same time. Cause those, that, that conflict state is the fragmented intention that people typically make decisions that are technically the right decision from a content perspective and wrong from a context perspective, yeah. right? Like wrong, right decision, wrong time kind of thing or wrong situation, so to speak for you specifically. But I love that exercise and thank you for doing it here yeah. <laughs> live, right? So, so that was, that was actually really cool because I haven't had that specific one before. Mm. So, yeah. so thank you for, for that. Um, the other thing that I think is, is fascinating about this is how, one can become so dissociated from their body, which like for, I would say the first 30 years of my life, I was, I think, you know, last time we were hanging out, I had like pain on pain on pain on every like joint in our area in my body. And like all of it is gone, mm, fuck yeah, like gone because I remember we did some work together, you know, when uh, around that same time that we did the timeline therapy. Uh, where you helped me with some somatic stuff and helped me start to reconnect to my body. And I, I continued on that journey of like, how can I continue reconnecting to this? And as a result, I can actually feel when something is a yes, feel when something is a no. Um, one of the, the the things that I actually use for like quick decisions of like yes and no is I actually have the involuntary sound that comes from my gut, which mm. is like, it's either like, mm-hmm, 
or like, hmm, like that kind of feel, that sound. Yeah. That's involuntary. It just kind of comes up or it might be like, hmm. Yeah. And that like auditory kinesthetic uh, sensation that I get usually will tell me. And so I've been very grateful to build that relationship with my body, with my unconscious, with my intuition. And as a result, sometimes it doesn't make any sense, but you're like, yeah, this is what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna try to control it up here or think that I know better because it's um one thing that that we teach in the NLP trainings is that your conscious mind processes one bit of information for every ten thousand bits your unconscious mind does. So if you're trying to outsmart it and be like no 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 never mind you intuition let me just yeah. decide like your unconscious mind's like what are you doing like right. I am you. <laughs> separation <laughs> yeah exactly you're, you're never going to outsmart yep. your body and your like the domain of the unconscious which you like you were saying before the ego and like all those other parts they're they're usually in the domain of them they're like little slivers of yourself they're not yeah. the entire self and so when we try to outsmart our unconscious like we always meet into resistance but whereas when we do kind of like what you're saying here and we allow ourselves to be guided by the body guided by the intuition things go a lot smoother even through challenges yeah. if you allow the intuition to guide you through a challenge like suddenly you're able to start seeing the perfection and the balance and the gifts and all these things so i think that's that's profound one thing i did i did want to ask you about is you were saying how like these parts of ourselves like the ego or the part that wants to achieve the goals or the part that just wants to like curl up in a ball and cry like all of these parts exist within all of us and i i think having this discussion about parts that will be really important, especially for uh, building a relationship with the intuition. Yeah. One thing that I've always said is that like, it seems to be trendy to demonize the ego specifically, yeah. like, yeah. like that it's your enemy or that it's something bad or whatever. But I've always seen it as again, just another part of ourselves. It's the, it's the symbol mm -hmm. of ourselves that we like approve of, or that we think is what we need to present to the world. So can you speak to this idea of parts? Like for somebody who's never heard of this before, what, what is a part and like how do these interact with our everyday experience? You've got your inner critic. Everybody's familiar with that one. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the asshole in you that just beats the fuck out of you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, a lot of people try to silence the inner critic and they start fighting it. Mm -hmm. And um, if you can just see that the inner critic is trying to keep you safe, it's just highly ineffective of doing so. You can <laughs> start to build a, ideas. <laughs> start to build a relationship with it, and just like a little child that's not fought with or neglected, it'll calm down. It'll cooperate. You know, the, the kid needs attention, and so does your part. So does your inner critic. But if you're trying to fight it, prove it wrong. No, I'm gonna. I'm going to grind my way through it or whatever the fuck it is. There's more disconnect and more rupture. And if you're looking for wholeness, you're looking for self-love, you're, you're literally doing the opposite. Um, and so recognize that it's, it's there and it's a part of you and it's not going anywhere. So are your insecurities. They're not going anywhere. Um, even all the confidence work in the world, it's, you have a relationship with them. Do you have a relationship with the insecure part of you? Do you have the relationship with your inner critic or, because if you don't, you're trying to fight them, it'll either you go unconscious and they run the show or uh, you keep trying to keep them in the background where you run the show and then you're going to get exhausted and you're going to have a lot of shame. And that's a recipe for a lot of uh, disaster in the future. So I love that you brought that up because the when we shame them, like I think 
I, I like to define shaming apart in this way, where ultimately it's not that you're like bad mouthing it or you're like saying mean things to the part. That's not essentially what it is. Ultimately, the way that I've come to understand shame is it's when you try to hide something or shove yeah. it into the shadows of the unconscious. Yeah. Because when you do that, then they do run the show because it's like Carl Jung said, mm -hmm. right? Until you make the unconscious conscious, it'll run your life and you'll walk around calling it fate. So in those situations, when we essentially try to take those parts of ourselves that have been formed throughout significant emotional events in our lives or you know throughout childhood and whatnot, we try to shove them down, then they end up getting projected in our outside reality. We start seeing our parts in other people. And then the people that annoy us most actually have the most to teach us about ourselves unconsciously. <laughs> So can you speak to that idea of like when somebody triggers you or they yeah. annoy you? Like I love how, this how it's such a like an open door for you to heal yourself. I love this conversation. This is why I'm a relationship coach. Yes. Because <laughs> in intimate relationships, uh, the mirror is closer and emotions are heightened. So you're even it's it's the perfect dojo for spiritual development. Um more so than any course or ayahuasca or prayer, even get into a relationship with somebody who's conscious and aware as well. And if you have the courage to look within, you're going to get to grow a lot. Um, yeah. So just as you said, um, other people trigger us because of some unhealed part of us, mm -hmm. right? So if I, for example, this is actually something that happened, mm -hmm. am super serious all the time. Mm -hmm. And then I get with a partner, my girlfriend, who uh, loves her silly side and has fully owned it and will goof off. I'm over here saying in my head to her mm -hmm. what I say internally to my goofy side, mm -hmm. which is we've got work to do. We need to be serious. Like, what are mm -hmm. you doing right now? Like the da -da -da -da, not time for this. And now I wasn't actually saying that out loud to her because I was like, but I caught myself. I'm like, why am I judging her so hard? It's beautiful. It's why I f one of the reasons why I fell in love with her. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, because my, my I'm saying that to my own desires to play. Yes. And so when you can see that dynamic playing out in a relationship, you get to find more of your own wholeness very quickly. Instead of pointing the finger at somebody else, you go, what are they expressing right now? Oh, wow. They're very decisive. Oh, I haven't been decisive recently. Or, oh, whoa, they're really confident. And I haven't been confident recently. And so we, in that way, we pull each other up constantly, right? If you can see it as a mirror and not an attack on the other person. But anytime you have anger towards the other person or judgment, what is it about them and how they're experiencing or expressing themselves that you're missing from your experience of life? Oh, cool. And then I get to free that. It's obviously okay because you're doing it. And so now I get to work on myself so that I can express in that way too. And then we both do that in a relationship. It's it's huge. Where, where we stop ourselves is we not taking that responsibility and not seeing it as spiritual development and seeing it as something's wrong with you. And the control that we have about our inner parts comes onto your partner and you start to control them. Yes. Um, and so, you know, it's a dance because that's still happens with me. I'm not fucking perfect. Mm -hmm. And when you can, the more that you can just accept and acknowledge and uh, appreciate and Oh, wow. I'm really triggered. Thank you. Okay. What is this showing me within myself? And it's not about the other person. It takes a lot um, of, of character to really go there, but that's really where it starts to get fun in mm -hmm. relationships. Um, 
And I mean, there's so much like effective communication. That's a whole nother topic. But on this, this is why I'm still a relationship coach is mm-hmm. this whole conversation right here. So you can learn about yourself because if, if I were to just tell people this about everyday life, they'd be like, well, what the fuck? But when you're in a relationship, you see it so mm-hmm. clearly and you're able to navigate it That's with right. a lot more grace. And um, I really quickly. So we're talking about parts work. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in, in their child, your inner critic. Uh, your ego, all of these are parts. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think of think of spheres for a second. So we mm-hmm. have a bigger sphere mm-hmm. is truth. Okay, we live on Earth. That's a truth. We live in Texas. That's another truth inside of the bigger truth. Okay, and then you can even say we live in the city of Austin, which is somewhat true because you're outside of Austin. But uh, <laughs> but you know that could be another truth. So we could have multiple layers of truth. It's not just one or the other. Right, you following? So, there's parts work as a bigger um, sphere. Underneath parts work, just like Earth and then Texas, there's parts work, and then there's somatics. You, this is all mind games. Parts work is, you know, Poe's not over there thinking about his parts. No, Your dog, <laughs> you know, um, and so it's important because we are intelligent creatures and we do have a brain and it's not the full picture. Mm-hmm. If we can see deeper and go, go to somatics and say your, your parts are speaking mm-hmm. because there's something inside of you. That's not coherent. Mm. That's not whole. Well, then you can kind of shove. This is kind of a little bit of mastery for a lot of people they'll start with parts work and then they go to somatics. Um, that, I mean, that's how I found it. But once you kind of have this parts work dynamic, I don't really talk to my parts much anymore. Mm-hmm. I've, I'm kind of gone like, oh, well, something's coming up in me. And then I go straight into what am I feeling in my body? Mm-hmm. What do I need to process? Oh, well, I'm really tired right now. Let me just take a nap. Like, Or, oh, whoa, I'm feeling conflicted about this decision. What have what is me and the me that is timeless that's been here since when I was five and when I was 15 and when I was 25 and what does that part of me feel? What does that part of me want? What does that part of me know? And trusting in that. So really now it's just, um, for me, a game kind of, of coming into more wholeness. Mm -hmm. And so parts work again can be very helpful. And it was helpful for me. It's kind of like a gateway drug though. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't, if, if I would have stayed doing parts work, I probably would have gone crazy mentally. (laughs) <laughs> I, I feel that personally mm-hmm. um and so where it's now i'm just like oh wow i'm really noticing a lot of tension in my body mm-hmm. or you know and my girlfriend sees this more than anybody else but i'm just like something just happened like i i don't even think i'm like what happened in my body because i'm so somatically uh, present and aware and that's where a lot of my focus has gone over the years whereas before i really focused a lot on mindset and now i'm like okay that's like 20 percent of the game yeah, 80% it's, of it's, it's a, it's a small body. portion of it. Right? And I'm, you know, again, by no means perfect, by no means even, I don't even call myself an expert. I'm just a guy who knows some stuff <laughs> and, um, and a, a few things about a few things at that. Um, but one thing that's helped me in my experience is, mm-hmm. uh, focusing so much on the body and, um, letting that kind of be my guide. Cause from there, the creativity comes to you. The inspiration comes to you when you are regulated and relaxed. It's not when you're sitting with a whiteboard trying to figure the fuck out of everything. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I did before and mm-hmm. got me somewhere. Didn't right. get me closer to myself. Mm-hmm. Because the somatics, they're always essentially 
signaling you something in yeah. those in those instances. What 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 I think is really interesting that you brought up is like let's say you set out to do something and then all mm. of a sudden you feel tired. But mentally, you're like, no, no, no. I, I said I was going to do this thing. Yeah. But, but your body is now giving you a different signal. Your body's like, ah. Uh-uh. What? So what? What is that? That's happening. Like you, you mentally, you you have the best plan in the world. You're like, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to record this podcast today. It's going to be amazing. And then you sit down to record the podcast, and then all of a sudden, you're just like, oh shit, I'm like really tired out of nowhere. Even though I had 300 milligrams of caffeine. <laughs> What's that all about? <laughs> so. There's perspectives to everything. Uh, so we could look at that through the perspective of success and say, that's you being a little bitch. Yeah. And do the podcast or uh, that's your resistance. Mm-hmm. Do it. Like do the work. Um, yeah. yeah. Just that and beat yourself up about it and push yourself through it and just do the thing. That's what a lot of people go to. Um, there could be another aspect of you and another perspective, I, I guess I should say, that can look at that and go, you must have some resistance here. What needs to be healed within you? There could be another perspective that could say, Oh, this is just, is not your thing. You set this goal up very, you didn't listen to your body and your body's like, we're not fucking doing this. It's not your path. It's not for me. There's a lot of contraction, a lot of constriction. Um, So all can be true, by the way. Sometimes it is just you and your own fear of success Mm -hmm. and you just need to start the podcast. Mm -hmm. That's the first one, right? Sometimes it's um, you're afraid to be seen or you're afraid to talk about this certain topic. Let go of your people pleasing, let go of all that and show up and choose yourself and show up for you, right? There you go. Um, And then there's the other one where it's like, this is just not your path. So I can't really say one thing but look at it through multiple perspectives um and deep down you know so yeah, if you, you silence can yourself feel you can know it. you can feel through it mm-hmm. um and if it you know takes as much time as it takes for you but but be in curiosity with it be in conversation about it with other people and don't take their input as gold just you know that's their perspective cool but return to yourself and go mm-hmm. oh i know i know this feeling and yes. um maybe there's multiple yeah, there's a lot to say there and it really just depends on the person, but look at it through different perspectives. Don't just say, oh, I just need to do it or this isn't for me because it could also be it's for you. And there's so many variables yeah, to that for you, but not not right time, so to speak, which, um, you know, that reminds me of an idea that I talk about when it comes to like inspiration. Sometimes it, like I like to compare inspiration to like a fruit. Sometimes it's a seed. Sometimes it's just a little sprouted, you know, little plant. Sometimes the fruit is green and it's not quite ready to pick, but you could still pick it if you want. It's just not going to be as fruitful. Yeah. No pun intended <laughs> as, as it would be. And then there's a time where it's ripe, mm-hmm. which is essentially the ideal time to grab it. And then if you wait beyond the time that it's ripe and then it rots and you deal with whatever the metaphor of rotting is from that particular idea. So I think it's really interesting because by leading with that sense of curiosity, you're able to really receive whatever the signal is, communicate with the feeling rather than try to control it. Because every time somebody's like, "Yeah, hey, you got to control your emotions. <laughs> Good luck. Like, Have fun. I'm like, that's not a thing that you control. <laughs> I'm like, you can, you can communicate. You with can your override emotions. your emotions. Yeah, you can, you can <laughs> disassociate. Mm-hmm. You can avoid yourself. Mm-hmm. You can abandon yourself again. That's what they're doing when they're yeah. controlling your emotions. Yeah. You're, you know, and 
I can say that because I fucking walked that path for years. Yeah, I remember we both did. Like we, we were both very into that controlling your emotions thing when we first met. We're like, yeah, you just need to change your state. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And yeah. it serves its function here and there. But again, contextually appropriate. Like what what does the situation call for in that moment? Because there are times where like it's like, well, th- sitting down and feeling through this is not really an option right now because I like I'm about to start speaking on stage or I'm about to start a meeting or a session with a client. But it's always important to revisit those things when they have come up because then you have the opportunity to clear whatever's there. Yeah. Right and in those cases, it is good to control your emotions. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, oh, shit, this thing just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had something like that happen when I was uh, teaching group fitness. This mm-hmm. was years ago. Um, my dad texted me that my grandfather had passed away two minutes before group fitness class started. And I look out and there's, you know, it's a packed house. It was, it was fully booked out and it was like 60 people and I'm like, fuck. Mm-hmm. And I like had a process with myself and I sat with it and I was like, damn, and kind of saw it coming, but I was like, okay, well, um, I'm just going to be real. I mean, they, this, they didn't come here for a sob story. So, um, that show up, I got to show up. Right. And so I showed up in the beginning of class and said, look, like this just happened. So if I'm a little spacey. Y'all know why, but y'all came here for a kick-ass workout, and that's one thing I can do in my sleep. So we're we're here for it. And then I led three classes back to back, and then I was able to fully sit with myself. But I I didn't fully neglect it, but I also like and try to override it. But I also didn't let it flail around and get yeah, sloppy you, you with my energy. <laughs> I was like, this happened, letting y'all know, and you're here for another reason. So let's let's show up for that. And so that's really showing up no matter what, and that's mm-hmm. a muscle that I've built that I think um, a lot of people could benefit from, to be honest. I think all of them are really useful in the appropriate situation, right? Like, again, if these become like the default or the way that you used to like avoid feeling, that's when it it, it can become, in other words, a burden on you, right? Like it, whether it creates physical pain in the body, like I experienced, or it creates the inability to sit still and constantly like thinking like, what do I got to do and always being busy, but as long as you are intentional about feeling whatever comes up, receiving the signals of those emotions, then you'll be able to, again, build that relationship with your intuition or your unconscious or your body or all three for that matter. Yeah. And I, and I think that that's what's important. There, there's another thing that I wanted to ask you. you. You'd mentioned something before about how the spirit essentially wants to evolve at the rate that it wants to evolve. And sometimes the mind <laughs> has a different idea. What do you mean by that when you're saying, because that, that's something that I, I practice and I trust in as well is that my spirit, my soul wants to evolve at the rate that it wants to go. And my mind doesn't always have like the same intention at that. So what exactly do you mean by that when you say like how your spirit wants to evolve, but sometimes well, for you example sake, mm-hmm. cause that might make more sense. Um, there's a part of you that wants to say fuck it to everything and go live in at the beach. Mm-hmm. And um, you so don't, you I, ignore I know it. some people listening probably have had that thought. Yeah, before. I I've had that thought. I, have. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did I, it. I did it. I did it. <laughs> um, yeah. So you have that thought and you go, oh, no, I can't go to the beach right now. So I've got all these things to do. I, oh, but I love the community here. Oh, but all this stuff here. And, uh, and if we ignore it long enough, it becomes a midlife crisis. 
where it pops and everything's extreme when you do it. You sell your fucking company and you go get the yellow. Yeah. Yeah. As loud as loud as can be. Or you sell it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, whatever the thing is uh, to follow what your soul's really calling you to do. That's, you know, it could be a relationship, starting a relationship. It could be ending a relationship. If you don't listen when it's small, it's going to grow over time. And then when it does happen, it's going to be a big deal mm-hmm. um, because you've neglected it for so long and now your timeline's off. And so spiritually, you have to like get back on on harmony, harmony with where your soul's wanting you to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have free will as humans too, right? So if you, you can continue to neglect your soul and your calling, not necessarily saying a business calling that's so washed these days but Mm -hmm. like what's being asked of you to grow and um you can continue to neglect yourself at for wanting approval from others or whatever the thing is and um the more you neglect it the more you shame you're gonna have the more heaviness you're gonna have the more tension you're gonna have in your body the more things aren't gonna randomly go your way you're going to start to feel frustrated. Then you're dealing with a shoulder injury. Then you're dealing with this gut injury. You don't know what's going on. And you're focused on the finances and your physical pain. But you forgot that it all stemmed from you not saying yes to what you really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. I, I love that. There's um, Are you familiar with the Frederick Nietzsche's Amor Fati, which is the love of fate? Like, love your fate no yep. matter what it is. Don't simply bear it, but love it. Mm. Uh, so I came up with a term called amor sincero, which means the love of sincerity for mm. sincerity's sake. Now I came up with this because I I noticed something. When I go into a pattern of doing things that I should be doing, I have physical pain come up almost immediately, and then all my cash flow starts to dry up Damn. in my business. Not sure why those are the symptoms, but it, it it's like That's clockwork. For you, what yeah, happens, it's yeah. like clockwork. It just every single time I've ever done that. So essentially what I realize is that if I'm doing something simply because I'm attached to the outcome, then I will have frustration in the process and resent resentment if I don't get the goal, mm. because it's only worth that process is only worthwhile. That frustration is only worthwhile if I get the outcome. It's a big fucking if, because the energy that I bring into that is not necessarily my best, right? Cause I'm like kind of like grinding through it. So when I let go of that stuff and I do what I sincerely want to do and it fills my cup, and I'm able to serve from a full cup and whether I get the outcome or not actually doesn't matter to me because I have so much love for the process. And typically out of that outcomes that I couldn't, I didn't even know how to ask for end up coming through because I was doing what I sincerely wanted to do instead. Yeah. And the pain goes away. The cash flow comes back. It's yep. all wonderful. Yep. <laughs> so I think that that's really interesting because the more I listen to that, what you're saying here of like the intuition speaks, I listen. Mm-hmm. Right. Dude. I had that with my retreat going back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you asked me, I had set my retreat for like a month and a half earlier and I was trying to sell tickets and nothing was happening. It was coming up like three weeks out, hadn't sold a single ticket. And I was like, I'm, am I going to pull the plug or do I push it back? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I, and this was, you know, three years out of facilitating. So I'm freaking out going, fuck did I, is it ripe now? Like, mm-hmm. or is it rotten now? Like, am I not mm-hmm. doing this? And then I was like, no. It was the biggest thing because I'm I'm really big on integrity and I was like, I got to be a man of my word and follow mm-hmm. through. And I said mm-hmm. I was going to do it this day. And I was like, but what's true right now? You're not ready. You need more time. Got it. So I pushed it out a week and a half 
and then like three days later for a week sold out Hmm. like for a week i just completely sold out and everybody like got a ticket in that time right after i changed the date wow and it wasn't people who were like oh that date i would love to go but that date doesn't work for me it was just they were Mm -hmm. either new to finding it new to hearing about it some something happened and i was like yo that's what alignment does when you're in alignment and when you're acting like listening to the intuition i needed more time and i started having fun with the process Mm -hmm. and everything showed up so just speaking on what you were talking about like yeah, just you do what you sincerely desire to do. Yeah. And in the way that you desire to do it. And so suddenly all these things come together. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really important. Um, one story I wanted to share with you because it, it just came up. My intuition said, share this. On <laughs> so let's do it. <laughs> so uh, this is actually a story from my current relationship. Well, technically my past relationship, but how it's affected my current relationship and listening to that intuition. So when I the relationship I had before this, I was married for a year and then got divorced, right? It was through the pandemic that essentially accelerated <laughs> all, all what was already there. Um, but what was really fascinating about that is there was a, a moment in the divorce because we were uh, married for so little time. The sharing of assets was like, it was not messy at all. Like it was mm. a pretty like straightforward process. And I had told her like before we had decided to divorce that I was like, whatever it is, like, I'm going to make sure that you're taken care of, like, if, if we decide to part ways. And I had said that. And again, also man of my word, integrity is very important when it came down to it. And, you know, we had the lawyers kind of draft everything up. The lawyer told me, he's like, Hey, I, I don't think you should give her this much. Like you are really not obligated to give her this much. You can give like you essentially like technically you, you're only obligated to give like a thousand dollars. Like it's a really like wow. small amount. And I'm like, and then all of my family around me and like friends and stuff like that, they're like, yeah, don't, don't, don't give her anything. Like you know, <laughs> they're, they're looking at it from the story of like, she's leaving. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like guys, like, so all of that was in my head and my mind was like, yeah, 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 don't like, like you don't, you don't have to do that. But then intuitively I was like, I'm going to do exactly what I said mm-hmm. and give her enough. So that like, when she goes back, she's good for like, you know, the next year or so. Mm-hmm. And I decided to do that, even though everyone in my ear and even my own mind and certain parts of myself was like, no, 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 just like whatever. When I did that, I remember I made that decision mm-hmm. because it was the decision that I was going to be at most peace with myself. What was interesting is when I made that decision, there was an immediate result and then there was a long-term one. The immediate one was... I had never made more in uh, more than I think $17,000 in a month in my business. And that month was the first time I did $25,000 in a month. So it was the first, like, like literally the same month that I made that decision. in. Mm -hmm. So that happened. Then fast forward to today and the relationship that I'm in now, when my girlfriend was moving in that decision actually allowed her to fully trust in selling all of her furniture and moving in, knowing that no matter how things went, that she would be taken yeah. care of. And it wasn't my words. It wasn't me reassuring her with my words. That it, it was happened. the decision. Yes. Yeah. The decision of how I, I essentially responded in a previous relationship that allowed her to fully trust. And I didn't know why I was making that decision at the time. Cause my mind was saying like, no, don't like do what the lawyer said. But 
my soul was like, this is the way. Mm -hmm. And it was very quiet. It was just like feeling oriented, but it's like, this is what you do. And it like changed everything. It, it allowed. Awesome. Yeah. I'm sure there's part of you that was thinking, I am fucking crazy for doing this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like throughout the when, whole thing. Yeah. When you start following your heart and you start listening to your intuition, you're like, am I crazy or is everybody else crazy? Like what's, <laughs> there's a lot of crazy happening. Yeah, and exactly. So, yeah. I love exactly. that, man. Thank you, man. Yeah. So I, it was, um, it's a lot of these decisions that are coming from the intuition. They might give you an immediate reward. They may not. But ultimately what I noticed that they lead into is they lead into these blessings in your life that your mind didn't even have the wherewithal to know how to ask for. And yet you get to experience them because you listen to that intuition. And I think that's one of the uh, most amazing things about it all. It's fucking awesome, man. Thank you, yeah. Brother. It's, it's all the little things from, um, you know, that this happens with me sometimes where I'm like, ah, bring this thing, what, bring it with you. All right, cool. And then we end up using it for whatever trip that I'm on or mm -hmm. whatever. So, um, even little the, from the little things to the big things, like what you just shared, like the more that people can just follow that knowing. And even if it's something like, Hey, bring this in the car with you. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, like sure. And you mm -hmm. don't use it. Mm -hmm. It's not a letdown. Like just continue to listen to that voice. Cause that's like a little kid going, I want to bring my toys with me mm -hmm. in some way. And you saying, no, that doesn't make sense. That's stupid is dismissing more rupture, more self-abandonment. And we're trying to create more wholeness. So you want to have more like of that listening to what you, what your intuition saying and what you need eventually down the road. When you start showing up more for yourself, you start becoming more aware of your own needs and you're able to then meet them either yourself or you're able to ask somebody else for support in that. But that's really where, um, you know, the work is in my, from my perspective and, and with what I do with my clients. Absolutely. I I've been saying lately on coaching calls and whatnot that the way to truly be selfless is to first be selfish and meet your own needs in such a way that you're serving from an overflowing cup. Yep. And you're not trying to serve from an empty cup. So I, I got two more questions for you before we wrap up. The first one is if people are interested in your work or they want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Somewhere in the ether. Somewhere no. in the Just reach into, into, <laughs> just, into space. Just meditate on my name and I will come down from the heavens. Uh, no. <laughs> See, I, I do love that silly goose side of you. Because <laughs> I know it. <laughs> you know, I've gotten you to do. experience it. You do. Uh, go to heartguy.com or you can search the heart guy on Instagram. It's mainly where I'm at right now. Beautiful. And my last question for you is... You know, these, these interviews, they go outside of the philosophy of Zen Stoic because mm -hmm. Zen Stoic aims at liberation, but the philosophy itself is not liberation. Mm -hmm. So what does it mean to you to live a liberated life? A life of wholeness with your real self, with God and nature and those around you. Um, but one where you're free from what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. And you're doing what you want to, to be doing, which could is devotion. Mm -hmm. You're devoted to a cause or a, a, a mission in life. And so, you know, we can see it as a spectrum free from everything is just you're, you're, you're loose. Mm -hmm. You're just free. But then there's super rigid of all these shoulds. Mm -hmm. Liberation is somewhere in the middle of that spectrum where it's 
Uh, I'm free to do anything and everything, whatever the fuck I want to do. And I'm choosing this mm. and I'm going in this way. And that means I'll have to sacrifice. That means I'll, I should follow through on certain things. That means I'm going to have, you know, work to do. Um, but you're choosing the path versus falling into it and operating from should. Amazing. Thank yeah. you so much for being on the show, Kevin. Thank you. Yeah.